The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, people? Bringing in the show today, me and T-Rich. Uh, this is the shit you might have missed on Flashback Radio. Sitting directly to my left is... That's double. Double, 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 double. Sitting directly to my right, standing to my right <laughs> is... Lee Bennett the third. A.K.A. Da Vinci Parks. Laying in front of me in the middle of the computer screen is... Kay Savage. I don't know if you're mocking me or paying tribute to me. Do we have to choose? (laughs) (laughs) As we say in Southeast, both of them. Both of them. (laughs) Hey, what's up, people? So we are back to bring you some... Additional tales from the hood known as America. Um, you got like night right over there? It does sound. I'm sorry. Like, it's <laughs> like the cat. <laughs> now it's completely done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think y'all underestimate the level of closeness that they they think. <laughs> Also joining us today um, are Christie's cats. <laughs> that was Hendrix. I don't know where Aretha is, but you know. This is Aretha right That here. was Aretha? Okay. Yes, well, Hendrix okay. is the one that I pushed down. Okay. And so she decided, right, you see this? This is mm-hmm. assault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's all love. Or that. So, um, does anyone want to? Jump right into anything. Okay, I'll do it. So last week, uh, people in the internet showed us why we can't have nice things, um, and also why the internet is trash. So um, Nicole Murphy and <laughs> Antoine Fuqua, 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 the director. Fuqua. Yes, Antoine okay. Fuqua were in Italy for some. I don't know, film something. I don't know why I'm Nicole Murphy was there because what is she acting? But okay. And they were caught by the paparazzo kissing deeply several times. And this is problematic because Antoine Fuqua is married and has been married for about 20 years to Leila Rochon. Really? Yeah. Uh Wow. Fun fact, I know this is not part of it, but did you know Layla Rashawn was married to uh, Ozone from Breaking Movies? I did. I found that out when I was like scourging the internet after I saw her husband, Antoine Fuqua, kissing Nicole Murphy. <laughs> okay, back to what you're saying. This is all new to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's like the backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole Murphy came out and said something like, oh, that's a family friend and we were just greeting each other. Like, that's mm. not how? how shit works. Not at all. And then she came out and said, you know, I thought 
they were divorced, which that's a good family friend. You should know. Yeah, you should know that. But the problem, aside from that, um, the internet says trash because people wanted to go at Layla Rashan and say that somehow this was her fault because she's gained weight and she no longer looks like Sunshine from Harlem Nights and her husband is cheating on her because she's overweight and she's overweight because she's depressed. It was a lot of armchair psychiatry, psychology, social work going on. Um, and Nikki Murphy is a homewrecker and no one said shit about Antoine Foucault, who knew he was married participated in set behavior i took offense by it because again like why are we like somebody i I was following a thread and someone was just like very much like oh no Layla rashawn is definitely depressed because she put on weight like sis people put on weight for all kinds of reasons so i i i was i'm so through with this story for so many reasons first of all if we gonna get our creep on, bitch, creep in a hotel room. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's that's all I got to say today. You know what I'm saying? Slob a nigga down in a hotel room. Please don't do that. Not at your private pool, a pool. because like paparazzi. I feel like so so being who they are. I don't care if you're in a foreign country or not. The reality is that is the trashiest way to tell your wife you want to leave her. Mm-hmm. One, two. It ain't nobody's business why Layla Rashawn is fat. She could be fat simply because she loves motherfucking cupcakes mm-hmm. and, you know what I'm saying, she not willing to put them down. She could be fat because she got a health condition and she on, you know what I'm saying, medications. She could be fat because she had babies. She could be fat just because she's fat. It's nobody's business why she's fat. She's fat. And the other reality is that is not why Antoine is fucking Nicole because the reality is Pornhub who loves to share their statistics with researchers because they want sex to be demystified. Pornhub tells us, which means science tells us that um, fat porn is some of the most watched porn ever. So, you know what I'm saying? The reality is men love fat women. So it ain't got nothing to do, you know what I'm saying, with her being fat. It may have a lot to do with the fact that they've been married 20 years and they just both might need a change of scenery. We don't know what Layla's doing. She had the good sense not to be doing it in public. Yeah, she shut down all of her social media. Also, another not fun fact that I found out when all this was popping off. Apparently, he's had a couple of uh, bonus babies during their 20-year marriage. Um, so this is not a new behavior for Oh, Mr. so he Fuqua. just all the way don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's why I said okay. this is the most trash-ass way to tell your wife you don't want to be with her anymore. You about to file for divorce. And I say that because I didn't know he had mystery babies. I just know that anybody who was going in on somebody who's supposed to be a close family friend that hard in a public place, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, is not new to this. Hey, no shame. No. No, okay. none. I don't so, I mean, that was, I didn't, yeah. I don't, I don't really have anything to add to that. I don't think there's anything I need to add to that. Well, not necessarily the story, but what are your thoughts on just this idea that a woman's weight determines whether or not she's deserving of a decent husband? Uh, the two don't have anything to do with each other. I mean, I mean, weight gain happens. Like, you know. And as Chrissy said, it can happen for a number of reasons, but whatever the reasons are, like for people to try to imply or assume that that's the reason why it happened and then to blame her for, you know, her being cheated on is, I mean, that, that, that doesn't really merit or deserve a response. It's kind of like, 
I, I don't know what to do with that. That's just stupid. I don't like, you know what I'm saying? If Antoine Fuqua said that shit out loud, then I can address the stupidity of his statement. You know what I'm saying? But I just, for, for people, I, I don't, I, okay, so this is going to be a weird jump, but hopefully this makes sense. I feel as though people want to cheer for the idea of the lack of accountability when it's like entertaining or uh, appealing visually. And case in point that I would like to use is, and we've had this conversation before, the chief reason why I stopped watching the show Scandal, because I liked it when it first came on, when they're actually about fixing problems, um, it was entertaining to me. And the cast was different, obviously. But once it became clear to me that it was about Olivia Pope, in my estimation, being basically the president's side piece, mm-hmm. that was just wholly unappealing to me for mm-hmm. a number of reasons. Just the implications that were in there because she was a black woman and he was a white man in a position of penultimate power being the president. But aside from that, they went an extra step further. The fans, I mean by they, went an extra step further and the fans were like shitting on a fictional character, which was the wife of the president. Like her husband is actively cheating on her in her face and they're mad at the the wife. And the chair. Huh? She was a mess. Yeah, but when you dig into it, like there's a legitimate reason as to why she was a mess. She had reasons. Like, you know, when your father-in-law tries to rape you and you get forced into a marriage you ain't want, you might be a mess. But either way, that don't justify their actions. And why are you like cheering or caping for the idea of somebody else breaking up a marriage? I don't I don't I don't have no feels for that. So that's I that's, really think it's because people like Kerry Washington, because the flip side of that coin is Gabrielle Union. You know what I'm saying? In uh, what's that? Uh, being Mary Jane, and people dog Mary Jane. You know what I'm saying? Character because like she basically was uh, the mistress, and like she couldn't get it together. And so I just feel like you know I, I I think it depends on how people feel about the person playing the character, and maybe even the context uh, that the character and, themselves and- have. Although I don't see where Carrie Washington's character was anymore. Uh, less of a mess than uh, Mary Jane shit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch um, Being Mary Jane. I know a lot of men who did, uh, including, I believe, my father. You know what I'm saying? I, I just didn't watch it. But all that all that uh, being said, is it still doesn't like get past the, the whole idea. Like it's it's at the end of at the end of it's still putting the onus on a woman. Yeah, it uh-huh. it, it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And in like in the real life scenario where we have Antoine Fuqua and again, I'm getting all this information as you you all are giving it to me. But we have Antoine Fuqua, we have Layla Rashawn, and we have Nicole Murphy. And it sounds like, you know, like at the end of the day, the person who's most culpable in this scenario would be like Fuqua first and then Nicole Murphy. That would, that would be that would be how I would order it because at the end of the day, yeah, she knows that he's married, but he knows that he's married and it's it's his marriage. So unless there's some type of scenario where maybe Layla Rashawn ain't really tripping off the fact that like he's with Nicole Murphy and maybe she knew about it. I don't know. I don't know the logistics of it, whatever. Maybe it's one of those things like, you know, I don't I don't know what it is. But like if they have an understanding between the two of them that they're supposed to be with each other. Then that's again, like whatever the reasons may be, like that. What does that have to do with, like you know, weight gain? That's just that's that's utterly superficial. 
So this makes me think about our relationship discussion about how somebody can have a whole bunch of years and be married mm. and people want to throw a relationship goals tag on it, but there's a whole lot of shit going on in people's marriages. Mm. Yeah. But your grandparents shit. didn't didn't have the paparazzi chasing them around. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, the yeah. Co- you're collective, not you, you specifically. No, 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 no. I get, I get it, I get it. But I mean, you're, 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 you're behind the veil now. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah. So you, you, heard, you saw some thoughts going through my head or whatever. You know, you know some things now. Like you're actually like not just family. You're family, family. So you know some, some stuff that you knew stuff before. It's, yeah, but this is, I know it on a different level. Now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just like one of those things. Like, yeah, dude. Like, ah, you know. Ugh. You know, what can I, I have say? been to 50th wedding anniversaries where I was like, why are we doing this? Why are we telling this lie right here? This is not a celebration. So, I mean, you know, yes, yeah. longevity is not a goal. The only thing worse than finding out your father has a second family is finding out you're the second family. Perfect transition. That's what I do. <laughs> so, um, I had to take notes. Oh, I like it. I did not I take notes. I had to notes. watch it a second time and take notes because I was so livid watching it the first two times. But you understand why I was like, I think y'all would enjoy, like, you know, talking about this. Well, not necessarily enjoy. So but are I you talking like, about home videos you home have to videos. watch twice? I was talking about home videos. I was assuming she was talking about home videos. We talking about I eight? didn't watch the Sermon on the Mount. I watched. Oh, I was talking about Sermon on the Mount, actually. So I you watched home to, videos. I, yeah. Dang it. So I, I didn't I watch home videos. I watched Sermon on the Mount. I watched Sermon on the Mount. So like you can tell us about home uh, home videos, whatever, because I, I what mean was home videos. That was that it was the first one. So Sermon on the Mount was the follow up to home videos. And was that the special? Because I watched eight. No. So, eight so eight was a stand up comedy um special that he did. Home videos. Jared Carmichael. Yeah, Gerard Carmichael. Um, uh, Sermon on the Mount was, uh, you know what? I think we should, let you do home videos because I think you should introduce that because I can't speak to it. Where can I find home videos? Same place. HBO? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the, um, the special was done in what, 17? I believe so. Yeah, I think it was done in 17. And, then he did the he did home videos eighteen. I think there isn't a lot of space between home videos and Sermon on the Mount. But in home videos, yeah. he originally broaches the idea or this concept of his his father is not in home videos. I don't know if he's in Sermon on the Mount. Yes. Okay. He's mm-hmm. not Barely, there. But... Um so there's a lot of conversation with like his sisters, um, but there's like a conversation with his mom at the very end. Where he's talking about like the thing, the idea that his father cheated and had all these kids, and he also talks a little bit about. I mean, it was, it got the. I feel like this statement that I'm about to make, it got the weight that it deserved because I feel like we give things to, like this too much weight. He mentioned about like, oh, you know, I've hooked up with dudes. Have you ever thought about hooking up with other women? And his mom was like, no. That he's like, well, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. She's like, no, that's your thing. That's fine. It's not my thing. But I, in reading about like some of the reviews about home videos, it was like, oh, Sherlock Carmichael um, is bisexual. Like, I don't know if that deserved that much weight. Um, <laughs> but most of it was not related 
to his parents and what has gone on between them. It was more so related to like his his sisters and his relationships with women and um, just his relationship as far as like being a black person and there being black people who I'm assuming they still live, some of them in the South, because mm-hmm. he's from North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and the interactions with that his sisters have with like his nieces and nephews and what that looks like. So it was oh. it was very short. Mm-hmm. Um and it did not really talk about it didn't really go into that statement a lot of okay. being the second family. Okay. So I think to to clarify the line uh that T Rich referenced was the only thing worse than finding out that your father has a second family is if you find out that you're the second family. He was not, he and his brother were not the second family. So, like, basically, the father was married to his mother. Um, and still they, is. Huh, yeah, they are? She did not. They are the second they are, family. Huh? They are still together. He's, they are the second family. She said, if he ever does it again, then. Oh. Uh. I couldn't really get the feel Not for only it. He had four kids with that woman. Yeah. That 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 is a level of commitment that he had with her that he wasn't doing with Jared's mother. Now we don't know whether or not she wanted to have more kids, but I mean, like if you have four kids with somebody, mm-hmm. just the financial commitment alone, dude, they married or not, they the second family. I mean, I guess that I guess that uh you know that that brings a lot of different things into the the mix. I mean, honestly, I I thought that they were divorced based upon uh Sermon on the Mount, but you know, I I missed something. Did, did we watch the same thing? I, I watched it and once. We, I did not watch it three times and I did not oh take notes. God. She very clearly said in home videos, okay. if he ever did it again, okay. then I would leave. The pastor gaslit her the whole time talking about some well, you know, he I did this him. when he wasn't saved. Mm-hmm. And the daughter-in-law stepped up and was like, no, nah, he was saved. Mm-hmm. I was there. She said, I, I was there when he got saved. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, Case mm. uh, Savage, can you just break down just in a nutshell what Sermon on the Mount was and why it was significant to you? Oh, it was just so disgusting. First of all, it was like, gaslighting and manipulation and zero accountability and a whole bunch of victim shaming. So not victim blaming, but victim shaming, because it was like, so, you know, I'm pretty sure home videos opens up the same way. They just, you know, you, 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 you fall into a conversation that's going yep. on. You have no idea what the fuck is going on. And all you got to do is watch. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so you fall into this conversation of the mother in sitting in the pastor's office and he trying to, you know, convince her of why she needs to stay with him. Matter of fact, let me pull out these notes here because he actually says some things that like I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, so they sitting in the pastor's office and. So the response at one point, the pastor says to her, well, we have to think about what he's been through. Where would he go if you left him? Do you love him um, enough to sacrifice your feelings? How would the children and the grandchildren feel? Nigga, what? Are you fucking kidding me? It's a camera crew here. My kids are grown. 
These mm-hmm. grandkids will work it the fuck out. Like, where where will he go? What will he do? He's grown. You know what I'm saying? Make like, grown decisions. You know, and, 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 and so like that's victim shaming. Like, like you should you should not just forgive him but take him back. And I think the, the worst part about it was in the past his mind, forgiveness meant that of course she wouldn't leave him. It would be if she left him that she didn't forgive him. You know what I'm saying? And so they're using, you know, biblical forgiveness to try and manipulate her into staying with him. And the pastor opens up with, you know, him and I are a lot alike. He wouldn't so actually go into detail, though. No, he yeah. never goes into yeah. detail, but he says enough to basically have, you know, oh, nigga, you got another family, too. <laughs> or at least some random ass kids or some 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 stray pussy on the side. Like, you are just as much in the shit as he is. And so you can't hold this man accountable even when he's not there to his wife. You can't even say to her, you know what I'm saying? Well, he wrong, you know what I'm saying? And you just, you know, can can, can you just, you know, let it go and accept it? It's none of that. It's it's all that, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, we don't know how he was entrapped in the situation. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. You might fall Four into times. pussy by mistake once. Yeah. No, no, no. You might fall into pussy by mistake once. One good time. Mm-hmm. But if you fall into pussy enough that you have four, four babies kids, with it yeah. that ain't a mistake that's on purpose yeah. that's a fucking retreat from your actual wife you know what i'm saying who you don't want to be bothered with so you go over here and deal with this bra who's just happy to have you in her home because she know you leaving you know what i'm saying so there is no static over there that's Same why you got four kids too. with her because it's static free. That's what was impressive. Not Yo. even like four kids by different women. Yeah. It's the same mm, pussy. Yeah. Wait, he, wait, wait. He won a 27. One of 27 would. The father is one of 27 kids. Yeah, his father had 27. God kids. damn. Yeah. His uncle had 14 that he know of, that he claimed. So it's definitely a cult. And, and that's what made it interesting. And I'm, I'm and not. Then, and then they're going to talk about it's a generational curse. It's not a curse. It's definitely a culture. It's not a curse. No, but they're talking about it like it's a curse as if these men can't help themselves. This is... And then we're not going to talk about they all been sexually abused by women, don't consider themselves as being abused, but if it happened to their children, we totally consider their children as being abused. Um, this is why I wanted wanted you to watch. There's a lot to unpack in this in this damn documentary. It's fucking insane because at the end of the day, nobody is holding anybody accountable on any level. Pretty much, that's my pet peeve. <laughs> so it's like the cognitive dissonance that's going on here. It's just insane. And Jared Carmichael asked them at one point when they were talking about their own abuse. So, like, you don't consider yourself abused? No, nah, no. Nah. They they count that as actual like pussy on the list that you count. Yeah, most. But if and men he was like, but what if it happened been sexually to your abused children? by women of that age do? And, and he was like, but what if it happened to your children? They were like, oh no, that's definitely abuse. One no thinking about it wasn't no 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 like. I, I can't even process that. So in a weird way, and I'm again, I want to be clear before I say this. I do not in any way, shape or form think this is a generational curse. But you can understand how generationally this can get passed along because the idea of this shit is unique to me and it doesn't apply or carry over. But you carry it over anyway. 
that I is mean, the well, wild not- part when you watch this this uh this documentary because you could see like where the seeds are sown for this thing to carry even forward. Deeper than that to me. So you got men who think that having children makes you a man, and like I just feel like that goes back to plantation breeding. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got you know what I'm saying? Men who are sexually abused by women as young children. You know, in many cases, probably prepubescent. You know what I'm saying? By much older women, and like again, that probably goes back to you know a culture of slave breeding and all kinds of sexual abuse that's going on in plantations. And like we can see the direct effects of that. You know what I'm saying? Generations later, because it's behavior unbroken. It was just too much. But the lack of accountability, just on a personal level, how they behave in relationships, was just like, I mean. Girl, you have got to watch this. We have to actually have to. She has to watch this. I got to watch home videos and we got to have a part two to this conversation because, I mean, it's just it's insane. Yeah. So, uh, Slim, what what were your thoughts with regard? Because we actually watched Sermon on the Mount together and I was actually pretty, uh, you know, I, I wanted I was very interested to watch it when it when it first came out. Um, you know, I was very uh I had some very strong reactions to the the, the preacher. Uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts when you? Does anything that resonated with you? What were your thoughts when you when you watched it? I don't know if I can say anything that hasn't already been said. So, yeah, I think I, I think I just agree with everything that's already been said. <laughs> I mean, I don't, it's like you would. No, nah, it's okay. No, nah, it's cool. You can agree. <laughs> you, you can. Okay. Just, we're just I'm, uh, missing the verbosity. That's all, sir. I'm, I'm working on some things. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I can a hardcore it. words with friends game going on over there. Well, that's wasn't pertinent. To <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Jermaine? I was paying attention and listening to everything that was occurring. I just, you know, multitasking is everything. Everything I was, everything I was hearing was stuff that I was in agreement with. So, so you didn't feel need. No, you didn't speak up because yeah, I agree yeah, with got, all of they it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, don't, they don't need me. I think it is important, and it's something that I am learning to do. And I think it's important for many people to learn to do this because it's just important in communication period that you listen to listen and not listen waiting for an opportunity to interject waiting for an opportunity to to say something or add something to it i just want to add to that <laughs> no, sure, go ahead. frequently when i'm in meetings at work even i'll i'll have points that I'll end up not making because someone else makes the point. So it doesn't do anything except prolong the meeting. <laughs> if I, if I'd say something that's already been said and it's already been stated clearly, you know what I'm saying? So, I can dig it. Nah, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's applicable to a podcast as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just, get it, bro. Yeah. Okay. I, now I have a question for y'all as men who watched it though. Like, what did you think about the lack of conversation about just like any emotional life? I mean, he had a little bit with, with, with his nephew, but mm-hmm. like none of that really happened with the grown man. Um, 
I noticed it, but I didn't really like pay. Like, okay, so one in seeing Gerard Carmichael in a lot of interviews, um, and seeing his comedy because I watched a, I want to say three of his standups, um, and also obviously the documentary that I watched. I don't really get from him that he's an outwardly emotional person, so I was not surprised by the lack of emotional like questions or commentary or banter um i have learned that he he obviously not obviously i think he thinks a lot about things that people will consider to be emotional topics or whatever he just doesn't uh-huh. express it in a way that we would you know collectively a lot of times look at it like oh that's an emotional response because i think he looks at things from a very logical lens which i can appreciate um so i wasn't surprised by that but i mean a lot of times dudes don't really get together even when they're talking about and this is just from my personal experience i can't color everybody's experience the same um in my experience like dudes don't tend to get together and just talk about just like emotional sewing circle type stuff or whatever like if something's happening or whatever we might speak about it and then once we address it whatever we transition the conversation but like belaboring emotional um topics for an extended period of time is just not something that I've really experienced a great deal of. Like if there's some, someone in particular going through something emotionally, you'll listen and you'll try to offer like, you know what I'm saying? But like a whole bunch of dudes just together, just sharing their feelings or whatever. This is how I feel about these things emotionally. It just has not really been my experience. Would you have liked for it to have been your experience? Would you like to have been like, Socialized differently. Um, that's a weird, not a weird question. Sorry, it's not a weird question. It's a good question. It's one of those things like, would you like to have had things happen differently? I feel like for that to happen, I would not necessarily be the person I am, and I might not have made the decisions I I've made to get to the point that I am. So I, it's, it's hard for me to look at like I wish things had been differently. Um, they're definitely, for example, I generationally we can speak about generational curses quote unquote or whatever generationally speaking i don't think that my father had a healthy relationship with his father as a direct result i don't think i had a relationship healthy relationship with my father uh do i wish things could have been different yes did i ultimately get what i needed to get out of you know uh, out of life by like getting those lessons either directly from my father, maybe not the way I wanted to, or through my stepfather. Yes. So I mean, would they? Would I've liked for my experience to be different? Yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. So. But in reference to that, I think what's interesting is that um, so uh, Jared's uh, Carmichael's brother obviously has a bunch of daughters Mm -hmm. um but then he also has this son Mm -hmm. and he was saying how he hugs his son because he doesn't want him to feel left out because he's always hugging his daughters Mm -hmm. and i thought that was really interesting because it's like you have this sense of equity like oh i should hug him too because he sees me hugging all these girls and i don't want him to feel left out so like you know that he probably has this emotional need but there's like this failure to really address or acknowledge the fact that like independent of having a bunch of sisters, he would still need hugs and mm-hmm. have this emotional need. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It was it's like he only gets this love because, well, there's a bunch of women in the house and I don't want him to feel left out. Not because I think that this is something that he needs to flourish. You know what I'm saying? Just as a human child. I, th- I think that's, that's the way that 
that men sometimes rationalize how we address emotion is based upon like what we see other people that we care about going through. So for example, it's like, you know, I don't want to do this this bad deed because I wouldn't want somebody to do this to my daughter, not because I shouldn't do it myself and it would be reprehensible True. either way. You know what I mean? I, I think it's having the whole concept of she's somebody's daughter. Yeah. Daughter, uh-huh. wife, sister. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think aunt, sometimes whatever. for some yeah. She's somebody's property. For some I think for some people they, they need that 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 person or in in their life for them to be able to have that perspective because they don't know how to have it otherwise. Um I on Do you think if we had conversations about men being abused in the same way that we had conversations about women being abused, that that would be different? Possibly. I mean, but it would have to be, I think the the conversations would have to be uh, consistent. I think they would have to be Uh honest. And like, you know, just because people talking doesn't mean somebody else is willing to listen. Just because somebody's listening doesn't mean somebody's willing to talk. Um, There are some people who are dealing with stuff and they don't know how to articulate their pain or their, their, their experience or their trauma. So like, you know, even if somebody's willing to listen, if they don't know how to articulate or process or understand what has happened to them, whatever it, it might, it still might not be expressed in a way that can help them unburden and grow past their, their, their scars. So, I mean, the, the thought is hopefully that would help, but I think it would, it would take a societal like push for, us to do it as a whole and it would have to be consistent for the next generation to actually feel it consistently. Cause I think ultimately what happens generationally, what we carry on is it becomes, well, my generation did it this way. And it's kind of like this blind spot in terms of like all the fucked up shit that happened with your generation also. And I'm saying like, yeah, like uh-huh. we, we like, we love to talk about like, you know, hip hop and like, I still believe hip hop in the mid nineties is like far better than the hip hop that's out now. And I'm not saying that there's not good hip hop out now. I'm just saying I just feel like by and far, I feel like the hip hop of that day was just better. But it it was misogynistic as fuck. It still is. I'm not saying it's not now. I'm just saying it. But like, you know, the idea at that time, the time that we were coming of age. All of rap heroes are trash. Yeah, but at the time we were coming of age or whatever, the the idea that a gay man could be on a track and kill it and just kill it just for having bars and then not being pulled apart or picked apart for being gay, that would not have happened in our era. Are you talking about Lil Nas X? No, I'm just talking about just in general. It just it wouldn't happen. It, it, it's just it it we were not we were not that evolved. <laughs> you know, like yeah. to be able to talk about. I've seen hip hop documentaries where somebody wanted to talk about um, homophobia within the culture of hip hop, and the the artist walked out the room like we can't even have a conversation about the hip like have a conversation about it because the yeah. conversation would obviously make you gay right but this is also an issue in the black community in general i'm i'm, I'm just saying so like, like that, you don't want to talk if you're, you're black and you, you don't talk about those kinds of things if you're in music you don't talk about those kinds of things historically um and still if you're in the church you don't talk about those kinds of things you're just you're a sinner you're gonna die in hell and do you want to jump in some i feel like we're giving a verbal gangbang to lee here and you keep <laughs> I feel like you keep t- turning towards the mic like you want to say something, but me and, like his, me and Christy just keep like double teaming that ass. Like, uh, take this statement. Uh, answer this question. Uh, give me your comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was. He, he liked it. He was asking for it. He was asking for it. You see what he's wearing, right? 
<laughs> Are you slut shaming him for his attire? Ah, I'm yeah, slow. See. I'm that's slow a, as that's shit. Why. No way. We won't. We are. No way. That's why. Like, 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 you can trace any number of causes for those social diseases, right? I think the the version of patriarchy that we've had over the past maybe what like six or seven hundred years when you also incorporate, you know, like Europe and, and everything into uh the social paradigm. It's been largely responsible for many of the social diseases that we experience, um, not just in America, but in the world. So one of the symptoms of those is, you know, men are not just socialized to not discuss emotion and, and express emotion. We've been socialized for a long time to believe that even experiencing <clears throat> emotion is is weakness. To even feel it. So we're supposed to be a different type of species, you know, and I'm not surprised when I see a discussion like that happening and nobody's touching on touching on the emotional aspect or, you know, like like Christy pointed out, you know not treating the emotional needs of a male child the way they should be treated just because that male child is a human child who is a a social being and there are certain things that are required of social beings uh, required for social beings to develop in a healthy way um i'm i'm not surprised by it and i, I think we could trace a lot of it back to patriarchy. I could to answer your earlier question, T rich. I, um, I was socialized that way. I was socialized to express like my emotions. And I just, it, the it's a byproduct of, I think just because of how it was socialized, I grew up in a house with all women. And I think it was just a byproduct of that. And also, um, my mother and I had a really, really close relationship and she encouraged me to tell her what I was thinking and feeling. Um, so that is something that has carried on to my relationships with other people. I'm a very open person as a result. Um, sometimes I wish I wasn't so open <laughs> and sometimes I wish I could be the way uh, other men are socialized to be. And not be as expressive of my feelings. Why? Because I think because of the social paradigm, when I express my emotions, there's all almost always a negative connotation that goes along with it. Like it's never no one takes the extra step to try to wrap understanding around the expression of emotion. The inclination is just to label the emotion um, because it's easier and it's comfortable and a man expressing his emotion is uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. You know, 
So here you have this man who's very free and open about how he feels. It's too hot. Sorry. If he has has pain, you know, expressing that pain, if he has confusion and frustration, speaking to it, if he's experiencing loneliness, like being very open about that, um, fighting a battle with sadness, you know, like a lot. And like, no, like nobody wants to hear that from a man. You know, even though there's other men experiencing the same thing, you know, even even for another man to hear another man saying it because of how we're socialized. It's not, oh, man, another man experiencing something that I'm experiencing. No, it has to be another man to jump in and then another man. And then another man is like, okay, exactly. I'm not going to jump ahead of you, but I. Go ahead. No, I was, I was, gonna, I was just gonna say, like you know, to what he was saying and what you, I think we're getting around to, whatever. A lot of times, it could be like if somebody does that, what you were, what you were expressing mm-hmm. as a man expressing something or whatever, or having a a moment of humanity that is being displayed, that other people who might be feeling the same thing feel incumbent upon themselves. It feels like they have to actually like rebel against that and rebuke it like openly. Yeah. Like, oh, like, look at him. Like, oh, why you? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those, like, although you might be feeling the same thing. Nope, not at all. So instead of finding connection, it's isolating. Right. So they had an episode of Blackish. I don't, I mean, not Blackish, sorry, Grownish. I don't know if anybody saw it. Um, It was the last episode that they showed, and one of the students was posting on Twitter or something, a bunch of stuff that seemed like he wanted to, like, attempt or complete suicide. And he was, you know, the it was like a party going on. The paramedics came in, took him away. The guy, um, God, why can't I think of his name? The guy that plays Aaron, the RA, mm-hmm. was trying to, like, gather people together. Like, you know, let's talk about this. Let's talk about, you know, like, have you ever had a moment where you just felt sad, where you just, you know, didn't feel your best? And, like, initially people were, you know, kind of joking about it. Like, nah, I don't do that. That's not me. And um, Diggy Simmons, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Was like, know. oh, you know, right. So he's like, you know, now the thing is they're doing it for the a flex. sad flex. And I was like, they're, well, they're I did not know that was happening. But it was interesting to just kind of piggyback off of your statement that, you know, it started out as like, nah, I'm just here for, you know, I thought there was going to be shrimp here. You know, where's the food? And it evolved into a conversation of seeing that, you know, this idea of how, what we have, what we have in our heads of what depression looks like and you know what anxiety looks like and you know what other things look like you know once you start talking to people you're like oh wait you you have that too and it's not then you're not feeling so isolated um and i think it's kind of like the same things with just emotional expression that it's a thing that you know isn't necessarily comfortable for people and you don't want to be the first one to jump out and like second that emotion. So you wait for somebody else to jump out and maybe you're okay with being like the third or the fourth. But if everybody is, you know, taking this mob thinking on of like, not me, you know, I'm going to wait for somebody else to do it. Then like, how does this whole socialization change? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why someone like uh, Gerard Carmichael Doing something like Sermon on the Mount is important. The, the conversations like this become possible, you know, when you have people in popular culture um, bringing subjects like this. 
to light. I mean, the, the abuse thing that Christy also raised, that's like a huge, so much abuse happens in so many families. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, it is really ridiculous that we can't have more open conversations just about that. That you're you know, worried about sharing a bathroom with a transgender person. Exactly. Maybe you're worried about that creepy uncle or that creepy auntie or that weird cousin or somebody somebody posted a that meme. That you keep leaving the young babies with. Mm-hmm. Somebody posted a meme said you worried about your child being homosexual, but like, you know, you meanwhile you got a pedophile in your family that everybody covered for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's some real talk right there. Yep. I mean I I, I feel as though there, there's so many things that go into trying to help a child become a fully formed human being who could be empathetic and 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 be whole. There's so much that goes into it, and there's so many mechanisms that we have and with the way that um, we socialize ourselves. Because you know, again, we learn a lot of things from our peer group, and then we learn a lot of things from the parents and the older people that come up um, we come up around. And I feel like there's so many things that shut us down and and I think stifle our growth or whatever. And I think these are the things that we need to be trying to speak to and try to be more responsible about in terms of like, you know, just within our immediate circles. You know what I'm saying? So like actually like doing check-ins on people, asking how people are doing. Um, Sometimes following up with like, you know, sometimes you ask somebody, how are they? And they say, I'm cool. And you're like, nah, really, how are you? The answer you might be surprised might actually change if you actually ask them how they are and they know you're asking how they are beyond the surface. Um, there have been a couple of situations I personally experienced where I wasn't expecting it, but, you know, I was like, nah, really, how you doing? And then, like, you know, next thing you know, I got tears. And, like, like there, there's the real conversation happening. Um, so I, I think... It, you know, we have to do better job of checking in on ourselves, but also checking on the people that we care about and learning how to be more open and not be like awkward or ashamed about it. Because in the, the day, the thoughts you have in your head are not unique for the most part, because we're human and we all feel things. We might feel them how we feel them, but there there are things that they can be felt by other people. So if we start sharing these things, maybe like T. Rich said, we won't feel as isolated as a result. Just thought. I mean, another big part of this is as a as a race, as a species, how bad we are. And I've probably said this numerous times on the podcast at this point, but how bad we are at being intentional about teaching each other how to communicate with one another. And Lee made a good point about how, you know, a lot of the experiences we have as individual humans are the same, but it's very difficult to even relay your experience to someone else in a way that they might identify it as the same experience Mm -hmm. that they've had because we aren't taught how to do that. Like we, we taught, we're taught these phrases, these colloquial phrases. I love you. I love you too. I'm experiencing something and I'm calling it love. You're experiencing something totally different. And calling it love, but we're speaking to each other as if we're having a meeting of minds about the concept of love. And I think all that goes to just the the poor, the horrible job we do as humans 
teaching other humans how to communicate the brain science behind why you communicate a certain way and why nonverbal communication has this impact and you know the difference between language and you know just you know base vocabulary versus inflection and you know all this uh, all these other things that have an impact on how we speak to one another we just don't like I don't know. Some people are so empathetic, you know, they're able to just cut through it, you know, and and see, I guess, the emotion, you know, even if you can't successfully communicate, sometimes when you feel things that it can just cut through. Like when somebody is sad, like you can feel that joint. Like when they're genuinely sad, you see somebody experiencing some sadness, like you can like and then sometimes the only thing you could do in those moments you there's nothing for you to say all you could do is just hug the person or just put a hand on their back you know like it'd be awesome though if we were like more like intentionally taught though that in those situations like something that's that's something that you can do for a person you know if you don't know what to say to them um Yes, but with a caveat that you don't know somebody's trauma history, so you always need to ask questions if it's okay to to touch you. Oh yeah, yeah, or yeah, hug yeah. You. yeah. Um, I didn't want to assume that. <laughs> but no, also, no Joe Biden. No Joe Biden. Don't just go hugging. Yeah, know, yeah no, no, random no. folk. No, um, but no, I I think I'm hopeful that it gets better. There's a lot of people that are going to therapy and trying to figure out like what's what's up and how can I improve this and how can I improve myself and encouraging the people that they know to go to therapy and improve themselves and being able to look and say like, Oh, this is a broken person and you know, kind of making some different decisions. Uh, Most of us though are broken people. That's why everybody needs to be in therapy. Mm. I said it before. I'm gonna say it again. Everybody needs to be in therapy. Oh yeah. Maybe your therapist needs to be in therapy. Regularly at that. Therapy's great. Why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do it? Just go. It's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. You had a bad therapeutic experience. Find another therapist. I mean, we go into the doctors and get uh, get physical checkups. You know, I, I think mental checkups are just as important. Mm-hmm. So. Maintenance, especially your mind has a lot to do with what's going on in your body. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Doesn't it? Though you can do double duty if you go get a mental checkup. Might be able to fix some physical problems just by getting your mind right. You know who did not have that mind right? Bruce Hay. <laughs> I knew Christy was going to laugh. I felt it was a moment like I felt like I wanted to laugh. I wanted to be a part of whatever. Yeah, was like she started, she started doing like a whole shoulder thing and whatnot. I was yeah. like, this is about to be hilarious. It's going to be so good. I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't I don't read the story of Bruce Hay. She said it and I didn't know what it was. Oh my God. But then I felt sad. Now. I'm emoting right now. Yeah. And know what? I support you in your emoting. <laughs> You explain why let's, you're emoting. I can relate to it because I feel the same sadness. Let's, wait, let's start off yes, sir, with just, I'm here for you. Bruce Hay. Let's put it's some context answer. on this man's story. Whew. I skim read. You shouldn't think it like this. Though. And then I was lost. No, you can't skim read his story. It was so much packed into it that you couldn't skim read. And it was so many just errant miscellaneous details that I actually had to read this whole long ass form article. 
And Bruce, I'm still just, I just got questions. Bruce Hay is, was, his employment is questionable right now. Bruce Hay like or Bruce, Bruce Hay? Hey. Okay. Um, he was a Harvard professor who taught. But would like to oh, be because he indefinitely suspended. Yeah. I, I saw the, what's called, but I ain't going all the way into it because I said it just, yeah, it looks like somebody I don't care about. But n- now I'm kind of. You don't care, but you're in it like, how the fuck? Continue. I apologize. He was a professor at Harvard who taught a course on like good decision making or something. Mm. Yeah. And made all the wrong decisions. (laughs) Like when you look at how a person, like you just don't even, if this were a movie. (laughs) I'm waiting for a sentence. Like, yeah. If this were a movie, you would be like. Ain't no way anybody's going to make this many stupid ass decisions back to back to back for years and years and years. Oh, look, I might it. add that if this were a movie is actually a line in the article because the shit is so fucking fantastical. So he met a woman like at a, I don't know, bookstore or something. <laughs> And she walked up to him and said, like, oh, you're very attractive. He said, I'm married. Because he's also socially awkward. <laughs> and then she was like, okay, you know. Wait, I'm- wait, wait. And let's read between the lines. Apparently and a creep. That's what I should do. Yes. Because only a creepy ass yeah. dude says I'm married to a woman who casually approaches him in the store. Well, nah, not necessarily. He don't have to be creepy. He just what like, I'm saying. So, so awkward. Like, like I can see how, like you know, somebody says you're attractive. You're responsible. Like, like, let me just nip this in the bud. I'm married, or maybe you just he didn't talking to him. Wasn't married her. though. Or you could oh. just, or you could just. Converse, I'm no. I'm just no. I'm just gonna wait converse for with it. another human who's like. No, he wasn't married. <laughs> he was just living with his ex-wife, who he continued to have babies with after the divorce. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So he meets this woman and he's like, oh, like inside his internal dialogue is like, oh, wait, she has a French accent. I recognize a French accent. And was like, she's like, hey, I'm new here. I don't know anybody. You know, could you show me around? New in town. Turns. So. (laughs) Chocolat. They're so convoluted. Help me out here, Christy. Um, I think they get together like the next day. Yes, they get together the next day and then the next day and then the next day because she's in town for business and she's maybe getting a teaching gig or something. I, I, I forget because, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot going on here. So, you know, she's in town. She's only there for a couple of days. They see each other every day until she leaves, at which point she tells him, oh, by the way, I've got this transgender former lover friend roommate situation going on. Let's add something here because they also have sex. Oh, right, right, wait, wait. But he doesn't ejaculate. He does not ejaculate. What? Wait, this is like one time? He does not ejaculate. She shows up. Is this on a regular basis? They have sex twice. No, they have sex twice. And And he he doesn't ejaculate either time. Intentionally or? He's on on medication. No, he's on antidepressants. He's got a hard time. And she shows up like, hey, I'm pregnant. And it's yours. Pre-cup? And he was like, um, can I get a paternity test? And she's like, no, because the patriarchy. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Right, because she's a, a lesbian. 
She's a publicly professional. I feel like they're making this up like on the spot. They feel like they're they're mothing the story. Act, wait, she's she's an activist lesbian <laughs> living with her transgender her her trans uh woman partner who maybe isn't her partner anymore. So they're like deep friends with like a roommate situation going on. Kind of like he and, and his so ex-wife. They they move so they move to Cambridge, you know what I'm saying, so that he can be near his child who he could never ask for a fraternity test for. And could not see outside of their home. The home that she shared with her transgender friend. Lord, this Who thing boyfriend. just evolved into, at some point, they tried to steal the house a boyfriend. that he and his wife were living in. Like the wife was somewhere with the kids for like, vacation and the lesbian girlfriend stole his like was like let me borrow your laptop went in and created a whole lease moved all their shit out while the wife was like on vacation moved all their shit in and that's bold filed a complaint filed a title nine complaint with harvard that he had been like sexually harassing people saying that he was raping and beating her and and they had done this to like three other people. For some reason, throughout that whole story, the term this that resonates going most on. with There's me There's an internal is... investigation going on. I think she's frozen. Wait, so there's an internal investigation going on at Harvard into his his conduct and his behavior. And like, he's just suspended indefinitely without pay. What were you saying, Slim? Oh no, it's cool. (laughs) It's really, it's really, it's really fascinating. I read it because Damon posted on Very Smart Brothers, like I forgot to close my garage, but I'm not Bruce Hay, so I don't feel bad about myself. I was like, well, who's Bruce? Who's Bruce? And I was sitting there reading it, like, (laughs) how did? That sounds like some guy that she slept with. So she slept with this guy in October 2009. And she told him in um, like 2012, like, hey, I'm pregnant and it's yours. And he was like, okay, well, I just want to do the thing I can. Like, do y'all? It's like nobody understands the maths here or nobody (laughs) (laughs) understands like common sense. What is this math? What is this math indeed? Like, she what is like this gestational Hay, period right because bruce hay says to himself i know that there's like only a one percent chance maybe even a less than one percent chance that like sex with no ejaculation can lead to pregnancy but you know what i'm that miracle you're breaking up and freezing oh he says he's he's the miracle. he is the less than one percent chance of people who's going to impregnate somebody with his no ejaculation sex. With powder. Air. <laughs> yes, that's what, that was his ejaculation. My air is virile. He's the miracle. It's you know what I'm saying? He teach a class on good judgment, but he don't need a paternity test because he's a miracle. Hey, man, I know a lot of people don't want to take paternity tests when they should, so I ain't going to say nothing. He wanted to. She was like, bad enough. she's like, nah, don't be, don't question me about my my baby. That ain't nothing but a swab inside the cheek. Like, hey, come here, little baby. 
Did we mention he hid all of this from his wife for a while while she was actually living in the same town as him? Until the lesbian white girlfriend showed up with showed up at the house. All right, I'm tired. <laughs> like I'm I'm tired of Bruce Hill and his bad decisions. Like like you have I just, worn, I just you have needed to talk about this foolishness because I, can, I was just I like I don't do it. I, I don't I don't understand like how Everybody betrayed him. Everybody. Mostly his own common sense. Well, the results aren't in. (laughs) (laughs) And they'll never be. Definitely an idiot. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, he'll never work again. Not as a professor. He doesn't need to. Especially not teaching the course he was teaching. So, all right. I've got nothing on it. I have one last thing. Oh, that's cool. Go ahead. One last thing. Um, A lovely white woman last week decided to discover hair bonnets, and she is selling them uh, for $100 because she was just trying to find a way to keep her hair in place at night and possibly be stylish when she goes out into the streets. So she... Is the founder and the creator of... Hair bonnets. Mm, nobody... Silk hair bonnets. Silk. I mean, that makes sense, though, because, you know. Organic. Oh, we don't have long hair telling a lie of all lies, you know what I'm saying? Because there's two things that could possibly have happened. One is you go on Amazon and just type in a hair bonnet, you know what I'm saying, and a whole bunch of blackity black hair product come up. That's one. Two, you know what I'm saying, bitch lived near a Sally, walked in and had a fucking revelation because we all know that one of the things that comes with gentrification is white women discovering stuff. I, but were, were the like hair bonnets were, were they silk? So here's so the. I mean, they the could have been rayon. That's not the, the same thing. thing. They could have been sateen. Here's the real saying. tea, though. All she had to do was say, "Like, man, I should create satin bonnets for when I go to sleep." And the next time she got on her phone or her computer, all these satin bonnets from Amazon would have popped up because that's really how life works these days. So the idea that she did she call it a bonnet? Yes. Yes. So she called and it something that already she called existed. it a hair bonnet. Something that already existed. Something that has existed for years and years and years like, and years. Like for like centuries, because you know they had bonnets back in like you know like you've seen like actual like you know yeah. people sewing the and American flag with a hair bonnet. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I had bought an actual 100% silk hair bonnet off of Amazon for like 9.99. So like a hundred dollars is really. Well, that's pro- that's probably but here's that's tea. Somebody gonna buy it, you know. You in know, the promotional know. photo, it was her, another white woman, and a black woman. So you trying to tell me that at no point did she talk to this black woman and say like, "Hey, I'm gonna come up with the idea of like silk bonnets," and she was like, "What? You know, like this one here that I have in my no." I don't believe you. That black woman was like, "Oh, he just paid me for this." Well, she looked at. Well, she looked like that in the picture. She was like, "Ain't her friend." Yeah, she just just go and pay me for this photo shoot for my likeness or whatever, and I'm pretend like you know. But I ain't complicit. You are complicit, but you know that's. Give me this free hundred dollar bonnet. Hundred dollars for a bonnet. Has Christopher Columbus taught us nothing, folks? (laughs) I mean, have we not? Have we not learned? Nothing exists until a we, European discovers we, it. And monetize gentrification. Yeah. Yeah. Once the Europeans find it. They take And the internet told her just like they told Miss Kardashian, no bitch, you can't have that. Because can we talk about her trying uh, trademark kimono? She did. 
they successfully take all the hope out of words like new and discover. Like these are supposed to be words full of hope. <laughs> and they just like take all the hope out of those words by destroying and raping and pillaging civilizations and attaching it to those words. Let's not forget that just a few months ago, a school in, was it Texas, was sent out a whole thing about like dress codes and you you cannot come. (laughs) And she wanted to come up with these bonnets that you can wear out in the street and still be fashionable. But what about these bonnets? With these big ass tacky ass I think the question was, were those bonnets made of nylon? Where they made of one hundred percent organic silk, naming different materials. I'm just you. saying, like, you know, was it polyester? I mean, like, is there's so many? Like, we don't, you know? we don't even need to ask any of those questions because we could send Becky and Keisha to school with the same bonnet and the same exact outfit on, and Keisha would get called to the principal's office, and a teacher would tell Becky she had a gray hat. Was it a cotton blend? I'm just, I'm just. I want to encourage all all the allies out there to, you know, continue to speak out against this foolishness when you see it, because I know that there are allies out there and I know there are people who represent inclusion and inappropriateness in place of appropriation. And I think that you should make your voices heard, make them louder. Why are you out in the street with that bonnet on your head? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Like, label them. Just, just you know, just speak out on it because they're, they're, they're hurting you all. They're they're making you all. They're making all of you look bad. I understand that white people are not a monolith. So I think if you're like, you recognize your privilege and you you know you see what atrocities have occurred over throughout history and then you see some foolishness like this go down <laughs> on the internet, just just speak up. Speak up. Well, were, were they were they made of denim? Perhaps corduroy. You're just trying to constitute <laughs> just, now. I just, I just want. You should have stopped at polyester. No, I just want. I just want to get out of this. I just went out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the bloody lie. I just want, I just want to escape. We're gonna get it out of it not, now. Not a tight ass sweater vest, so no. We're gonna be out of it right now. So Lee wants to be done, people. So we're done talking to you for today. It, 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 the hate guy, it just, it literally took everything out of me. Bad decisions read frustrate story. me. You gotta read that story. Bad de- like, when I saw like the, the picture and the headline, I said, this is like, this would frustrate me. You gotta read it. Do it I is have hilarious. to? I really have to. Because if is, I read this. It is serious. <laughs> it's, it's I, I, I will try to add it it's to my It's hilarity. Because uh, you're, you're just like. How does it end? Like, would it? How could this possibly get worse? And then, but 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 wait, it gets worse. Okay. Well, but I love our listeners out there. It's not y'all. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it, it was this old dude. I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Look, I needed to bring some <laughs> foolish <laughs> levity to the conversation because we got a little bit deep. <sighs> I well, he is the new Ben Carson. Ben Bruce Hay is the new Ben Carson, and what is that? Someone who has proven that just because you are supposed to be smart in one area does not mean that you are actually life smart, which means that you're in reality dumb. Well, if Bruce Hay is the new Ben Carson, then who is Ben Carson? Because he's still Ben Carson. <laughs> he's just model 1.0. I guess. He's, oh, is so Bruce Hay is Ben Carson too? 
Yeah. It's still. Yeah. It's still, a, it's still in production. It's just not. No, the warranty's no, expired. No, no, Bruce Hay is the silk bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Carson. No, ben Carson is archetype. He is the, he is the official like you no know, dictionary definition of he's smart on paper in life. So he's the progenitor of this. So you you would call you would say to to Bruce, hey man, you being a real Ben Carson right now. Yes, Bruce Hay looked at yes. Ben Carson and said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> 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 And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to other things and allow you to do the same. Uh, Thank you for joining and continuing to listen. Obrigado to our friends in Brazil. Uh, Gracias to our friends who are in Spanish-speaking places. Thank you to, you know, English speakers. That's what's up to our brethren. They had a crazy prison riot in Brazil, too. Mm. 52 dead, 15 decapitated. The rest burned alive. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were going to the Damn it, Chris. Oh, no. This is... Wait, it gets worse. You tried to go out on a good note. I did. put so much work into it. I did. You had the joke and everything. Everybody laughed. I was doing my Halle Berry from Boomerang, which is like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I felt it. you like, by the way, Death and I suffering. did say I took a lot of drugs. I don't really have a filter. It was a thought that popped into We're going to go before this. I've been here before. <laughs> you know where this I goes. I know where this goes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm going to shut this know. shit down, <laughs> and you should know. not, and <laughs> no one ever will. You see how? No. I'm T. Rich <laughs> signing off. Slim? <laughs> Double. Lee? Lee Bennett the third, Christy. AKA DaVinci Parks. <laughs> All right, then. Thank you all for joining us. Stay blessed, stay woke. Don't forget to check us out on all our social media channels and also on the website, www.flashblackradio.com. We're on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. Check us out, searching Flash Black. And also check us where you listen to all your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music, etc. We love y'all. Peace. Take care of yourselves. Wash your legs. Goodbye. You know, a few people have protected Oh, don't flush your you contacts. You Put them in the recycle bin. I appreciate it. It's, it's a dark hole. <laughs> and it's deep. What? I just said. No! <laughs> My God said no. <laughs> Wait. My God said no. Oh my gosh, that's such a terrible song. Oh, man. Uh, I, the only thing that would have made that shit funnier is if you like dramatically took your headphones off, come on the tape, <laughs> so people hear you like, "Here, look, that shit." Like, like you could like, "Oh, she really left." <laughs> <laughs>